Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Soprano. After a successful five-episode launch in 2020, we're back with the second season of the Disease Discussion podcast, and we have two great guests to begin 2021. Dr. Bruce Martin, a turfgrass pathology professor emeritus at Clemson University, and Dr. Emma Lukabaugh, a BSF technical representative. Dr. Martin and Dr. Lukabaugh are here to discuss all things fairy ring. Before we get going with them, a word from our sponsor. The health and success of your course is top of mind for BASF, which is why Maxtima fungicide is formulated for use on any turf at any temperature anywhere on your course. Powerful Solution is also one of the qualifying fungicides used in the Fairy Ring Support Program, structured for up to 90% control of your treated areas. And if control is not achieved, a support team is ready to provide a solution to this persistent problem. For more information, visit betterturf.basf.us. Now on to our conversation about Fairy Ring with Dr. Martin and Dr. Lukabaugh. Well, Dr. Martin and Dr. Lukabaugh, thanks for joining us, and it's great to have you on the podcast. And I think the first thing our listeners are wondering, Dr. Martin, is sounds like you're still doing a lot of turf research work. You can't quite stay retired. Yeah, what they're wondering is why am I still around, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, it's hard to just cut it off when you retire. I've been retired a couple of years, and... Uh, I was always interested in what I did. I had a great job and a great career, I think. Uh, and I've still got interest and able to uh, to do a few things. So I'm I'm still doing some contract research with some of the companies. Uh, occasionally it's fairy ring, occasionally it's nematodes. Uh, so I still have that interest. And, and uh, Joe Roberts, who took the position at Clemson uh, has been very gracious in allowing me to hang around occasionally. I try not to overstate my welcome, but it's it's been uh, good for me anyway. And Emma, how about yourself? Uh, introduce yourself to our listeners and explain what your role is with BASF. So I'm Emma Lukabaugh. I'm the technical service rep- representative for turf and ornamentals with BASF. So I cover the Southeast. So North Carolina, down to Florida, all the way across to Texas. Um, And so as a tech service rep, a lot of what I do is centered around customer-facing training efforts. Um, And so we work with universities and private consultants to get some good efficacy data, plant safety data, and then we take that information, provide training materials to our customers, recommendations on best uses for our products, um, and how they can effectively incorporate BASF fungicides into their season-long programs. For both of you, first, Dr. Martin, when did you first start studying fairy ring, and what are some things you've learned about it over the years? Well, uh, I first started studying them, I guess it was 1979, uh, if you want to be specific, and I studied them for about a year as the beginning of a PhD project at NC State, and at that time, we didn't have the molecular tools that we have to identify the fungi, and one of my assignments was to identify the fungi. We had to do that with old techniques that are a little bit crude compared to what we have now, and uh, I might still be a student there working on that if I had uh, stuck with uh, Fairy Ring then. But it was, uh, I guess, when I started at Clemson, uh, very soon after, we started to get some fungicides that had good activity for Fairy Ring, and uh, so 
started doing trials, I was one of the first, uh, if not the first, to, to do trials with ProStar for ferry ring control. And uh, and it's just kind of continued over the years since then. We've had some great fungicide development over those years, and and many of them have activity for ferry ring. And Emma, how about yourself? When did you first get introduced to Fairy Ring, and what type of work have you done with it? So I'm relatively new. I just started in this role a little over a year ago, and actually a lot of what I've learned about Fairy Ring, I learned from Bruce riding around in the truck with him, um, making course visits in Florida, and you know, seeing it firsthand, um, seeing how uh, our products perform. So we have our Fairy Ring program, and so a lot of what we do is is try to help our customers and go out and visit the site and see how these products are performing, um, collecting samples, taking them back to the lab. Um, and so, yeah, I'm still learning a lot about fairy ring and, um, you know, the more you get out there and see, um, you're always learning something new. <laughs> I'm sure I can speak uh, for all of our listeners when I ask this question, but what is it like riding around in a truck visiting golf courses with somebody like Dr. Martin? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's awesome. He's, He's such a great conversationalist, and so we have we can just talk for hours, and it's so fun. It's so fun going out with him. She 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 means I talk too much, guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. And that's the whole point of a podcast is to get all of us talking. So perfect people for this. And why should someone listening to this podcast be concerned about fairy ring, Doctor Martin? They're important in the in the litany of diseases that affect turf. Fairy ring are, is always there and has been forever. Uh, I mean, going back and in, uh, I think actually technically, fairy ring was was probably the first turf disease ever ever noted. You know, so uh, you know we don't need to go that far back, but uh, I. I uh, I know that Dr. Clark at Rutgers and I, we used to teach a GCSAA seminar many for many years, and we would always survey our audience. And when we talked with seminars at the national meeting, uh, we always had an international audience. And Fairy Ring would always make the top five. We'd ask them to rank their most important diseases, and Fairy Ring was always in the top five. And for some participants, it might be their number one problem, and others it might only be number five, but or, or six or so. But it always was up, was up there. So they're uh, you know they're important problems on on golf courses and always have been. Not to get too far off topic, but what else was in the top five at that time? Oh well, uh, summer patch uh, probably south nematodes would have been up there in the top uh, group. Spring dead spot. Take-all patch occasionally uh, would make that. Probably anthracnose always uh, when we're talking about the northern part of the U.S. But so it kind of varied. Those those other diseases would vary based on location. But fairy ring occurred everywhere. <laughs> and so yeah, there was a little different that way with fairy ring uh, because it wasn't regional like some of those other diseases would be. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question. Is that one of the biggest misconceptions about fairy ring is that it's just not a, a southeast or, or southern thing? Right. I, I guess the thing about fairy ring, it's really not a bona fide disease the way we think about disease with fungi actually infecting plants. It's really more of an infestation 
of, of the soil and the thatch. So that, that goes across all different grasses and uh, is, a, is a, common, uh, a common thing, you know, that's going to be uh, true of fairy ring. It's, it's a soil and thatch infestation, usually. The organisms are in there not infecting the turf grasses. They're in there decomposing organic matter. That's what they do as fungi, and, and they're really good at it. And so they, they occur incidentally in the sites where we don't want them, and, and then we, we treat them like diseases. Uh, they do harm the grass, so technically, you know, they're a problem that way, but they don't actually infect the turf like, like uh, other diseases like we just mentioned in the top five. What parts of a golf course could fairy ring become a potential problem? Well, all parts uh, get it, uh, you know, from the standpoint of infesting, infesting soil, uh, any parts of the golf course can have them. And probably, Guy, you travel a lot as you've been in airplanes and had a window seat and look out over, over the countryside. You've probably seen fairy rings that are hundreds of yards uh, in diameter and, uh, you know, looking in fields. And uh, so we, can, we find those all over the place. Uh, where they're most important is probably in the high-value turf, which is on the greens, number one, and probably number two would be the tees, uh, and then maybe the approaches, and then fairways, and then roughs if we if we had to rank them. So we're not going to worry about them most of the time in fairways or roughs, but we might start to worry about them uh, in the approaches depending on our budgets and and the fairy rings are really affecting the game much. But we're certainly going to worry about them in greens, number one. I'm too busy looking for golf courses when I'm in a window seat in the plane, but I guess next time now I'm going to have to be scouting for fairy ring. And speaking of scouting, what can people who work on a golf course do every day to potentially notice a fairy ring outbreak before it becomes an issue? What are some scouting tips and techniques, Dr. Martin? Well, you know, one of the things, uh, most people that have fairy ring problems, uh, it becomes uh, painfully obvious <laughs> at some kind of time of the year when they break out. And one of the things that they can do at that time is actually map where the fairy rings are occurring. And, uh, you know, with GPS and ant sprayers and things like that, uh, and drones, uh, all, the, all the great new technology would help with mapping. And then use those maps to establish a plan for the next season to control them. But let's say this time of year, uh, it's March and uh, at the time that we're doing this recording. And we're approaching the time when grass is breaking dormancy uh, and at least in the transition zone, it's already broken dormancy in the places further south. And we can already uh, see the green rings, this green stimulation that occurs from fairy ring infestations. So that's a nice scouting tool is, is to, you know, give someone a bit of a heads up that fairy rings are there and they're starting to develop, starting to grow. They can develop a plan based on that. Another uh, symptom that shows up this time of year in March and April is, is usually due to the wind and low humidity. So we get uh, localized dry spots a lot of the time will start to fire up this time of year in sand-based greens. And, and if fairy rings are there, they will show themselves also uh, frequently. So, but you'll see the symptoms in rings and arc 
type uh, shapes. And sometimes the green stimulation along the margin of those arcs and rings is not readily apparent, particularly as the grass is still kind of semi-dormant, but you might see those shapes in arcs and rings. So that would be, uh, that would be a sign. Another thing uh, that they can do if they suspect some of those arcs and rings or green stimulation or fairy ring is they can actually take a cup cutter core out or a, you know, a vertical slice with the soil profiler and actually smell the thatch, <laughs> use their nose to diagnose it uh, because a lot of the time it'll have a distinct mushroom smell. So those are all, you know, little scouting techniques uh, that they can use. Are we talking the mushrooms you put in a salad smell, or is this even a more pungent smell? Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they will smell similar to, uh, to those, yeah. You'll know it when you smell it, guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unpleasant, uh, but it's distinct. Before getting back to our conversation with Dr. Martin and Dr. Lukabaugh, we're going to introduce something new from BSF. If you're looking for more powerful solutions to treat your turf, then you need the course power diagnostic from BSF. When you complete your online profile, you'll receive strategic insights and customized program recommendations for full control of your course. Add more intelligence to your toolbox today when you visit betterturf.basf.us and click on the course power diagnostic to get started. Besides uh, digging up the soil, what are some practical cultural practices that, that can be done to limit the potential of a fairy ring outbreak? So some of the cultural practices we recommend are aerification and top dressing to break up that thatch layer a little bit. Um, we also recommend the regular use of wetting agents and soil surfactants, one, to ensure you don't have any of those localized dry patch areas, but then also regular use of those wetting agents can actually um, make your fungicides a little bit more effective because it'll drive them a little bit deeper where these fungi are at. So for best control, we like to time um, our fungicide applications, especially if you're dealing with chronic barrier problems, um, time those applications at aerification um, so that you're getting the fungicide as deep as you can get it. Emma, what are some other best practices for establishing an effective spray program for fairy ring? So preventative applications are always better, but sometimes preventative apps can be a little tricky. Um, we do recommend you start those applications for most areas when your soil temperatures are consistently above 55 degrees. In areas like Florida, where you rarely get below 55 degrees, fairy ring can be a problem almost year-round. And so you have to be thinking about applications more than just in the springtime um, springtime apps. And so uh, timing those applications for preventative is best, but if you are in a more reactive or curative situation, that's where some of those practices, uh, cultural practices come in. Because in curative situations, you're not going to see a change overnight. It's going to take time. So if you get a curative app out, you could see, you would have, sometimes you have to wait two, three weeks, a month or more to really see a change in that turf. Because depending on how severe the ring, the damage was, um, especially if you have those necrotic rings, you know, it takes time for that turf to recover, to fill in. 
um, to heal. And so you won't see effects overnight necessarily, um, but you do have some curative options. And like I mentioned earlier, you always want to use a, a soil surfactant or a wetting agent. You can actually add the wetting agent to the tank with your fungicide. You also want to make sure you're applying, you're watering in your fungicide. So post-application irrigation is really critical to drive those products deeper. And so, you know, water in with a quarter of an inch, an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch of water. Um, also, you want to make sure you irrigate immediately. Don't wait until the next day to irrigate. Um, you want to irrigate immediately if possible, or at least within the first six hours, because you want to make sure those products don't you know, dry um, because there's some fungicides that don't move much once they dry on the foliage. And so you want to make sure you get them where they need to go. Emma, what classes of chemistry have proven effective against fairy ring? So you have several options. Um, historically, BMIs have been some of the most efficacious against the basidiomycete fungi, which are the group of fungi that cause fairy rings. Um, but the problem with BMIs historically was some of our older BMIs um, caused a lot of growth regulation and injury, especially in the summertime. And so we were really limited when we could use those products um, because we can see sometimes we can even see fairy ring blow up after aerification. And we know that some of those BMIs you don't want to put out around aerification because um, they can actually slow down that recovery um, and the, the fill-in on your aerification holes. And so it's great now that we have a lot of newer DMIs on the market, safer DMIs, things like Maxima and Navicon, that you can use in the heat of the summer and not have to worry about um, those plant safety issues. And so DMIs are great, but you also have a number of SDHIs and even QOIs that can be used. And so when you think about a program, um, you want to make sure you're rotating your fungicides. So include you know, include a DMI, follow it up with a QOI or an SDHI and rotate through those so that you're going to get the, you know, the, the best control. You don't want to go back to back with any of these fungicides. So yeah, so you have several options nowadays. Um, you don't have to worry as much about injury and those summer applications. This is for both of you and first Dr. Martin. How rewarding is it to help people solve a potential challenge such as fairy ring? That's always been the most fun part of my job, uh, particularly when we were successful. <laughs> the most frustrating part of the job was when we uh, we didn't have good answers. Uh, and uh, but uh, it is it's it's quite gratifying. Uh, I guess what I learned over the years is when when you make a recommendation and give some guidelines, if they don't call you back, then things worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometimes uh, they call back because uh, there might be a little bit of a challenge and, you know, you put your nose to the grindstone and try to do better. And But, yeah, when they, uh, you know, when they are successful, it makes you feel good. How about on your end, Emma? How rewarding is it to work with customers on a program that could control potential problems such as fairy ring? Right. So BASF does have an assurance program. So um, if you subscribe to that program, we guarantee control um, up to 28 days um, after that application. And so one thing that's really great about BASF is, you know, we stand behind our products. And if you do have um, 
control failure or if you do have a problem, we're going to be there to make it right. And so we always say, you know, whether we need to go out, collect samples, get a diagnosis, um, you know, provide some products to fix the problem, um, or even provide solutions if we don't have a BASF solution for your problem, we're going to figure out, you know, give you another option um, or another recommendation that may work for you. And so for me, um, you know, I cover Florida. We see fairy ring all the time. And it's very rewarding to work with these superintendents, um, people that have had chronic fairy ring issues. And to come in and start on that BASF program and hear, hey, you know, I've never gotten control this good. And that's something that's really rewarding. And I want to make sure that, you know, we provide solutions that superintendents will have for years to come. And so to figure out how we can work these in, make these products sustainable and lasting so that they have, um, they have options for many years. We don't want to, you know, use run something to the ground use it and lose it and so a big part of what i do is is making sure um you know we're sustainable and that we really listen to our customers and, and figure out what they need and how we can help them and last thing here emma where can our listeners go to learn about these solutions so um we uh, have a web page that has some information about the basf fairy ring assurance program Another great resource is NC State's Turf File page. They have a really nice uh, fairy ring write-up, and then that's also where you can go to get some fungicide recommendations. So one thing that's great about NC State is they provide recommendations based on efficacy trials, and so they rank those products. So things that have four stars are the most effective products under high disease situations, whereas something with three stars or lower um, you know, it, it differs in efficacy. And so that's a great resource if you are dealing with chronic berry ring or you need a good rotation and you need to incorporate other products into your program, um, you know, pick ones that have good efficacy. And then otherwise, you know, there's a lot of information online um, where you can learn more about berry ring. Well, this is a lot of fun, Dr. Martin. Thanks for everything you do for so many people in the golf industry. You know, we're all grateful that you're still actively involved in it. And Emma, thanks for everything <laughs> you're doing in your role with uh, BASF. It was a lot of fun to have both of you on the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you.